Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. You're here because you want to learn about how to live a healthier life, how to live more sustainably, how to take your everyday actions and make them work for you and the planet. Sometimes it might feel like you've got this figured out, and other times you probably feel lost. That's why I'm here. Together, we will learn how to live happier, healthier lives without the need to be perfect and always allowing space for a little cluelessness on this journey to living a more conscious life. On today's episode, I talked to Megan McSherry. Megan is an environmentalist whose motto is progress, not perfection. Megan likes to share from her experience that if you start small, you'll feel more motivated to continue making progress. Here we go. Are you ready to hear some good news stories? Dive into the Healthy Seas podcast and meet the people doing all they can to help the seas and oceans thrive from above and below the waves. Host Crystal DiMicelli talks to diverse fishers, experts, and more about what they're doing to protect our source of life and how you and I can help from wherever we are. Healthy Seas is a marine conservation organization whose mission is to tackle the ghost fishing phenomenon and turn this waste into an opportunity for a more circular economy. They do this through cleanups, prevention, education, working with partners who recycle and repurpose this material. This new show highlights their work and the work of their peers around the world. Go to forcesfornature.com slash healthy seas podcast to listen. So I like to ask people like, where are you at right in this moment? Put you on the spot. Are you feeling more clueless? You feeling more conscious? Like where are you at right now? Good question. I feel somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. I feel very conscious about a lot of the big issues and things that I feel like I need to learn more about, but there's still a lot that I need to learn about <laughs> those things. So I feel like I have an outline, but I yes. need to do some digging. Yes. I love that. I think that the theme when asking people that comes out in a unique way every time is just this idea of being curious, like staying <laughs> somewhat open, at least a little bit. Yes, always. I really like that. So when looking at your Instagram, your first line is imperfect environmentalist. So like right there, let's talk about when someone says, what does that mean? What is your elevator speech for being an imperfect environmentalist? Yeah, so it there's a little bit of a story. It started my interest in sustainability when I was in college. That was one of my questions. So just go for it. Yeah. Started in college and I like had to write a paper on sustainability issues in the industry that you want to work in as a freshman, my first ever research in college. Yeah. Great. I don't know how I ended up in that class, but it like changed everything. And so I learned about issues with the sustainable fashion industry, just fast fashion, all of So you were going into fashion. Yes. I've always been interested in fashion, started a fashion blog as a freshman in high school and just kept it up and then had this big aha moment when I had to write that paper. I cannot be talking about what I'm talking about. I have to change. And that sparked my interest in living more sustainably. And the only people that I could find on social media or on the internet at that time were like trash jar your waste people where you had to be perfect yes you had Mm. all of their little chip wrappers like everything their floss all the only waste that they created would fit into a little mason jar and I was like you've got to be kidding there's no way I can do that and so I gave up I just Mm. lost interest I was like if I can't do that what's the point of even trying and that is not the attitude that we need 
as mm. individuals when we're looking at sustainability. Um, we need to be doing the little things that we can. And if that means you use single plastic, single use plastic one day, then do it. If that means that you're like completely zero waste and you eat a fully vegan meal three days, three times a day, like that's amazing also. But there's so many different privileges and things that intertwine with the ability to live a sustainable lifestyle as an individual that we just have to let go of these expectations of what a sustainable lifestyle looks like or what an environmentalist looks like. I really like that, like letting go of those expectations of whatever I thought it would be when I started caring for them. Yeah. And that goes as far as what you look like, what you dress like, how you sound, what you're interested in, whatever it is. Yeah. For me, the big thing I think was what people's pantries looked like in their <laughs> kitchen. And I was living in a dorm eating out of a dining hall and I was yeah. like, oh, but I need to stock up on mason jars so that when I go bulk shopping, <laughs> they're all matching. Like, yeah, totally. So how long you said that you had this moment where you were like, oh shit. And then you looked at people and you were like, just kidding. I can't be that. So how long did it take you to come back to that idea of living sustainably? It stayed in the back of my mind and there were things that I started slowly doing in that mm. time. I just gave up the idea of being like an environmentalist and identifying mm -hmm. that way. But this was back when the plastic straws were like the enemy number one. And so <laughs> I switched to a reusable straw and you use that every day and was like, wow, I like how this feels like this is really mm -hmm. cool. And I moved on to some other more sustainable things, but it took probably two years for me to like really change my mindset and be like, okay, no, I'm going to do what I can. And maybe that's a little thing here and there, but I don't have to become a completely different person and live an entirely different life overnight. Yeah. So it, it took a while for me to get rid of that mindset. I really love the imperfect environmentalist, that tagline itself, because Similarly, I have been interested in sustainability only in the last couple of years. Like it started with veganism and then it was just like a mm -hmm. deep dive and here we are on the podcast. But I I think that imperfect environmentalist, that's actually something that's trending more now. Because even a couple of years ago, I also found the glass jar, like this much trash. I went crazy at first and sorry for those who can't see, I'm trying to kill a mosquito <laughs> <laughs> that is trying to bite me and I can't stand it. So I like found the same person with the glass jar and everything else. And that's great. I know that gets a lot of flack, but it's just, it wasn't going to be me. It wasn't yeah. going to work. And I felt pretty discouraged right away. And it's only recently that I've like really embraced sharing about being an imperfect environmentalist. Yeah. And my business coach was like, that's what you're talking. That's what you need to talk about. That's where people are like stuck. So I might be changing that language too to imperfect environmentalist. I might be adopting that. I think you're helping start a movement. Yes. I, it feels so freeing as a creator to yes. also like share that. Hell yes. <laughs> I used to be so so afraid of is that a plastic cup or are you filming this on an iPhone like all of those questions are like is that fast fashion even if it's secondhand or it's been yep. in my closet for like 10 years those kind of comments were 
terrifying for me because I felt like I had to explain myself and nobody wanted to listen to that. So just being very vocal about the fact that I'm an imperfect environmentalist and I do a little series like unsustainable things I did this month as a sustainability creator, like that has just taken so much weight off of my shoulders and it's fun to be talking about sustainability again on the internet. Yeah. Plus it's inspiring to other people because it's real. I'm not like editing out the imperfect parts of my life. I'm like, look, I use plastic. This is what my fridge looks like. Here's all the fast fashion in my closet. And people are like, oh, like I can, they see themselves in that kind of a lifestyle versus the trash jar or being zero waste or like any of those things. It's a lot more relatable. Yeah, I really like that. I love the idea. I've thought about doing this and I've been scared. So it's so funny. I think the universe (laughs) is like pushing me by talking to you. I was like, what if I did a reel about some of the like shittier things I did in the Mm -hmm. last like week or two because I was like traveling and XYZ happened and I was like, fuck. But I was a little nervous about it. And I've, I just feel like it's so helpful. Yeah, I still every once in a while, I'll have a reels, especially on Instagram versus TikTok, but I'll have a reels go viral or do really well. And there's a ton of people like she's just not an environmentalist. Like, how could she be doing? This? But or, actually, like, yeah. Oh, but you took a plane like you definitely did not need to fly. Like all of those comments, they still come in, but they don't bother me as much because there are just as many, if not more comments like, oh, my gosh, you've inspired me to make a change. Right. Or, I so appreciate you sharing this because I feel the same way and that's worth it. And it's so easy to see when you look at the work you're doing and the content you produce, there would be some validity, in my opinion, if people were like, okay, you can't just post about like it not mattering if you're not like backing up with action in these other ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I would get tripped up and like, how do I talk about this to make people feel like, okay, that's okay, but not to just give up. But I think that's, I can, it's so clear when I like see a reel from that, I can also look at your content and be like, oh yeah. And she's also doing all these things. So it's not just someone being like, whatever. (laughs) Yes. I also feel and something I'm trying to do more consciously or talk about a lot more on Mm. my platforms is like you there's a lot of behind the scenes environmental work that happens sure I can Mm. show you my reusable cup and be like yeah look at all these amazing like little swaps that I'm making but unless I film myself calling my congress people or going to an event where I'm electing somebody who's going to talk about climate change and climate policy in my area or like literally anything else, they're not going to see that. And I think that's okay. I don't think we need to be like leaning into this kind of performative activism or um, knowing that the only way that you can prove that you're doing something good is by like sharing it online. Right. But just encouraging people to do the offline work and not and keep feeling, talking about it. Yes. And keep talking about it. Look, I, this is what I'm doing today. This is my podcast and here's my little action item. And that kind of a, here's what I'm doing and here's what you can do too, but not here's a video of me, like calling my people and going here. You don't have to 
show that you're perfect in that way either. Right. But having the conversation like, yeah, I'm using my single use plastic cup today, but this is what I worked on. And this is how it's looking at the bigger picture of things and how I can still have an impact. Yeah. And I think I've had some really interesting conversations with guests recently and been thinking about it a lot myself with my content and my coaching. And what am I, what's my goal here is this idea of also not getting into the mindset or at least promoting that mindset of that it's all up to the individual, like getting stuck in being like, you're a shitty person if you can't make all these individual swaps in your everyday life versus calling congressmen, electing different officials, or whatever all these other things are that aren't the reusable straw. And like finding that balance where it's, yes, I want you to, in an ideal world, make all the swaps you can. And also to take down these fast fashion companies and big egg and like all these things as well. So it's like a tricky balance too of for myself remembering and then also what I'm sharing. Like it's not just me. It's not just each person making these changes. Like we've got to do some big shit. Yeah. And I think that kind of big shit can be intimidating. Like, sure, I can do my best to avoid plastic, but are we ever going to take down the fossil fuel industry? Right. Maybe not anytime soon, but like, how can I, as an individual do anything about that? And I think at least from my perspective, shifting that focus versus from what can I do as an individual make sustainable swaps but also what can I do as an individual to make big change to like how can I engage with my community Mm. and support people that are making these big changes so that I can push them like one step further ahead and it's I think a lot of times we think about the bigger picture but people still are like what can I do as an individual what am I doing how can I have an impact but we have to think about the community and like bigger things that you probably can't impact as an individual. Right. But if you're working with even just one other person or having a conversation with somebody where you work or with a family member, like that goes so much farther than just you spending all day, every day calling the people that you've elected to do something. It takes community action and it's more fun that way. You get more Mm -hmm. done. And it's less like pressure on your shoulders again, because you're working with other people versus what am I doing to make big systemic change today? (laughs) Yeah. And when you find those groups of people too, it can, it's a good reminder of that. You're not alone. Because like I, I live in a very small community and I know there's a lot of amazing people up here doing work, but sometimes when you gather with those people, like we had a protest last Friday and we called it Roe versus Rage. And it was like, I knew there was people in my small town that were also upset, but like seeing 150 people on the street, I was like, oh yes. Okay. Like I, I just... Even though it's crazy and shitty and we're not done, obviously, it was this like moment of a breath of, yeah, there's people here too. It's not just me upset. I sometimes need that visual reminder. Oh, yeah. And I just like feeling, even just seeing the people around you and feeling the community is so important. There are definitely ways that you can create that space or find that space online, but especially after two plus years of COVID, just being really isolated. I 
finding so much more comfort and joy and hope when I gather in person with people, whether it's a little beach cleanup or just like chatting with some of my other sustainability minded friends. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, it really does. And in terms of watch this segue. So in terms of (laughs) what we can do individually, I want to talk about you are the CEO. Yes. Yes. Okay. Of Rent in the Loop. And that for me, when I looked into it, it was one of the, it was one of the coolest, not the coolest things. There's a lot of cool things about you, but one of the coolest things where I was just like, oh, whoa, this is badass. So tell the listeners what Rent in the Loop is. And I also am so curious, like now I'm getting a little bit of the pieces if you've always been interested in fashion, but I still want to hear mm-hmm. how that came to, how that came to be. Yeah. Rent in the Loop is a sustainable clothing rental platform. It's like Newly or Rent the Runway, but it's exclusively for sustainable and ethical brands that meet our values, like paying livable wages, choosing materials intentionally, whether they be recycled or natural or recyclable, and having long and short-term sustainability goals because Mm. it's a process. Mm -hmm. You're not going to just check a box and be sustainable and that be it. And we're really trying to do rental in a more sustainable way from everything from sourcing the products from sustainable brands, shipping more sustainably. So we're trying to move away from the like two day overnight shipping and we're using reusable packaging and not shipping back and forth so many times in a month. It's a project. We're like almost one week into launch, but I've been working on it with my co-founder for over a year and it's exciting And who knows if it's going to succeed or die out in a few months, but I feel like I've learned so much just from trying to create solutions to a lot of the problems that I talk about on a daily basis on my own platforms. Okay. Everything you just said is amazing (laughs) and a million things are coming to mind. But one of the things that I want to highlight, just because I think obviously I must have not done my own research very well. Did you say you're a week into launch? Yes. I, <laughs> we launched last Friday, July 1st, and it's July 6th when we're recording this. So I must have been following the account long enough where I'm like, oh, it's going. We were supposed to launch March 1st and we still had like none of our inventory and we didn't have a website. And we were like, yeah, this probably can't happen yeah. now. So we've pushed it off for a while and we've had an active social media presence for a few months, but yeah, we're like, we're open for business as of five days ago. So crazy. Oh, that's so amazing. I can't wait to tell like listeners, go check it out. I can put it in the show notes. It's really cool because when I looked into it and when I first saw it, and that is, I think I was following your co-founder and Mm -hmm. then saw Rent in the Loop and then found you and was like, this is another cool person. And when I saw it, I was like, this is genius. I really did. I was like, this is the, uh, this is like the pinnacle of all of these things. It's Mm -hmm. truly because rent, like renting clothes, all of these things are getting, moving towards sustainability. And I I really think that of course, in every like inch, but this idea of renting these and trying these clothes that then maybe you'll support that brand. You get to, I would love to support more brands that are a little more expensive, but like, Not you can't try can. them, you yeah. can't return them, whatever it is. That would be so cool to find some and know. Uh, yeah, I just think it's genius. 
Yeah, we think so too. And the more that we we talk with people, they're like, oh my gosh, like this is so smart. I'm so glad you're doing this. And I think the most exciting part about it is that we're trying, and I think we are making sustainable fashion more accessible. There's so many things that can prevent people from participating in the sustainable fashion industry in terms of like new brands and new products, whether it's pricing because it is more expensive or access. Like most of these brands don't have brick and mortar stores. And even if they do, they're not in malls, even though we don't have malls much anywhere anymore, but like they're probably not near you unless you live in a big city. And so you can't try on the products it's expensive to buy something to try it on and make sure it fits and then maybe have to end up returning it. There's so many barriers. And so providing a way for people to try things like 75% off and more from brands that they want to support, but really want to feel confident in that purchase before they make it like that is so exciting. It's really exciting. And I'm excited now to see the growth that's going to come now that I've come back to planet Earth and realized that it's only been uh, coming out for a week. A baby business. It's a, it's, it's a baby. So how long have you and your, you said over a year you'd been working on it? Were, was it just, was it really just one of those things where you're brainstorming and you're like, what if... <laughs> No. So my co-founder is completely the mastermind behind this. Zara, this has been her idea. She, we met, I guess, a year and a half ago in this online kind of masterclass about slow business and Mm -hmm. simplified retail businesses. And we'd been following each other on Instagram for a while and, you know, like knew each other on the internet, but that was the first time we really interacted with each other. And she gave me a call and was like, so this is my idea. And I was like, wow, this sounds like really interesting, sustainable rental. Like I'm in. Like, Do you maybe want to be my co-founder? Oh, <laughs> and I was like, no, maybe I can be an advisor, like and one meeting you a said month no. or something. Yeah, I said no. I wasn't ready. I definitely didn't feel like I could do what she was. And there's a lot of imposter syndrome. I was like, who am I? I'm an influencer. I just finished my master's degree in supply chain, but I don't have real supply chain experience here. I have it on my diploma now, but I'm an influencer. What what do you mean become a co-founder of a start? And so we kept in touch and I was on board helping with things. And then all of a sudden we were on video calls for hours every single day. And I was like, yeah, maybe I could be a co-founder. And so we've been working in that kind of a relationship for a year, just getting things ready and trying to work through rental is a complicated business. And I can't, I literally don't even know where I'd freaking start. I'm just, I was like, yeah, yeah, I have no clue. That was us for a long time. We were like, okay, so sure. We found the brands that we'd like to have clothes from, but like, how do we get those? Yeah, like and, that now what? Yeah, like where do we store them? Like we're storing everything in Zara's house in Texas and I'm in LA. And oh, we also haven't met in person yet ever. <laughs> it's just been video calls. Dude, so COVID is a weird time. Very weird time. 
Wow, that's wild. I feel like there's got to be so many of those stories in the last few years of things that have started. God, mm-hmm. relationships have started when people still yes. haven't met each other and they're like, we've been dating a year. So yeah. I guess it shouldn't be too surprising that a business deal has been struck without meeting in person. Yeah, but it's cool that was more of a thing with COVID, like remote work and just connecting with people virtually because I would have never thought about starting a business with somebody that lived in Texas. Like I I don't go there very often ever. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't have other friends there. What, why would I commit to doing something like that? But here we are. And I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have started this podcast because I was like, it would be so fun someday. But I always imagined that you had to be in person in LA with your own studio where people fly to see you. And I'm like, that Uh would be cool someday. And then like everyone and their cousin had to learn Zoom. And I was like, wait, (laughs) I can do this. (laughs) I think I can do this. So in terms of rent in the loop in The idea is these sustainable clothing brands, you can rent the clothes, you can try them out, you can return them, blah, 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 like what it, not blah, 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 but those are the facts. I know you're only a weekend, so this question is probably tough, but what is, what are your like hopes and dreams for that? I'm just so curious because I think I can, I think I can read you a little bit and feel like you're a dreamer. I relate to that a little bit in you. I like feel it. So I'm like, I bet she already has a little But if someday we did this, what's that for you? There's so many different things that I think In The Loop could turn into or could piggyback off of. But I think our big overall goal is we just want this to be normal. Mm. We want to make this so normal that fast fashion can't really exist anymore. Because it's it's a machine and people want more clothes and, and they can't or they don't want to spend a lot of money And then there's also people that are interested in sustainable fashion. And so rental makes sense for a lot of different people. And is it the most sustainable option? No, but it's going to be an option. It is currently, and it's going to continue being popular. And so if we can make it the most sustainable option out there and interesting for people who maybe don't care about sustainable fashion, but like really the products that we have or the way that we're doing it, like that would be huge. Any way that we can shift the needle in sustainable fashion away from fast fashion would be like a dream come true. This podcast is supported by Who Gives a Crap. Who Gives a Crap is an eco-friendly toilet paper company that donates 50% of its profits to help ensure everyone has access to clean water and a toilet within our lifetime. Who Gives a Crap has donated almost 8 million U.S. dollars to nonprofit organizations who help provide clean water and toilets all over the world. Who Gives a Crap is delivered straight to your door with carbon-neutral delivery. I love that it comes that way. I don't have to think about it. It's an automatic subscription, and I want you to try it. You can check out Who Gives a Crap and get $10 off your first order over $54 with the code CARLY10. That's C-A-R-L-Y 10, or check out the link in the show notes. This podcast is supported by North. North's mission is to provide unique and innovative cannabis products to help bring peace, calm, and healthy alternatives to their consumers. All of their products have been meticulously designed and formulated by co-founders Brandon and Mike to ensure that their customers receive nothing but the highest quality. Currently, they offer three product lines, Vibes, a THC CBD seltzer, gummies, THC gummies, and fusions, a CBD wellness beverage. 
I'm a huge fan of the THC CBD seltzer. My current favorite flavor, blackberry mango. Use code CARLY15 to get 15% off your order at drinkthenorth.com. That's C-A-R-L-Y-1-5, or hit the link in the show notes. Enjoy drinking the North. Yeah, and I think what you're highlighting for me is just this, to me, it's becoming more and more obvious, and I'm sure some people, specifically, I'm a white privileged woman who didn't grow up thinking about a lot of the things I am privy to now, of course. I take full ownership for that, so I know some people are like, yeah, welcome to the party of what's reality, right? But I think that what you're highlighting is, I think for a long time, I was like, we have to change the system. And now I'm like, we need a new system. And I mean that for like pretty much every system in, I don't know, at least in the US. I I can't speak for every other country, but I know in the world, there's a lot that needs help too. And so like, for me, this is, you guys are like, okay, fuck fast fashion, fuck capitalism. We're going to switch it a little bit. We're not going to try and make this company be perfect. We are going to try and solve this issue in a way we think is right. And I think that's what's going to move us forward. Yeah. And I think the cool part about what we're doing, or at least our approach to it is we're doing both. Like we want to create this new system that gets rid of fast fashion. Yeah. We want people to be like conscious consumers and really thinking through their purchases. But we also know that there are people that love rental and are renting from companies that allow them to have eight new garments a month or like up to 10 and want to constantly have new things in their closet. And so this also serves that market. And so being able to like really look at the big picture and zoom out and being like, okay, yeah, we're bringing more people into the conversation, but we're also trying to change the industry is really cool. And I feel like pretty effective for what we need to do. Because you're serving an existing market and then trying to bring more people into that market for other reasons. Mm-hmm. So everyone will join the party. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because we do need, we need everybody to be involved. And it's like my whole imperfect environmentalism, like with little sustainable swaps, like we need everybody doing the little things they can. And that means people who may not care about sustainability, but like yeah. saving money. Yeah. I'm going to tell you all about my reusables or if you like rental. Yeah, I'm going to tell you about In The Loop. Yep. Even if you don't care about it being sustainable, look at all the brands. We have pretty good pricing, cool packaging. Like there, we need to bring everybody in to the conversation and kind of change things systemically as we go along. And I'm proud of the way that we're doing that with In The Loop. Yeah, you absolutely should be. That's really cool. And (laughs) something that just popped into my mind, maybe this is just because I always go to marketing things, but... I'm, like I said, I live in a small town. I'm in Northern Minnesota. I'm in the middle of the woods. Not only is sustainability a conversation that is maybe framed a little bit differently, but like in terms of fashion, (laughs) there are no sustainable (laughs) clothing brands like literally anywhere near us. Uh, The closest Target is two and a half hours away. Not that Target is sustainable fashion, but I'm giving you a picture of how rural it is, right? Yes. (laughs) So I'm thinking of people up here that have that interest or people in these like rural places in the country that like feel like I don't get to be involved in that like cool sustainability conversation because I don't have everything they have in the city. Mm -hmm. Like I'm thinking of people up here that would love this idea. Yeah. And that's part of what we are excited about with rental. Like we can all these people that feel like, oh, I can't participate because I'm not in a big city. No, we'll ship it to you. 
and we'll yeah. ship it responsibly. We'll offset the emissions and it'll yeah. come in cool reusable packaging. Like we we want this to reach everybody. And also while we're building this platform, want to talk about the fact that sustainable fashion looks different for everybody. So yes. if you're in a little mountain town and the most sustainable option is whatever fast fashion or like local boutique is in your town, make a conscious purchase. And that's sustainable fashion. If you buy something that you're going to wear a million times for years and years, even if it's from a fast fashion brand or not sustainably made, that's a sustainable decision. Yep. And also, if you want to try renting from cool, sustainable brands so you can feel good about purchasing from them, do that too. Right. But we don't want to always promote ourselves as like the solution or the totally. only way totally. to be part of this movement. We're just showing that there's another way that that you can. And we want to offer a good option for people who like rental. Yeah, I love that. So you said a phrase, conscious consumer, which mm-hmm. I use a lot when talking in the podcast and whatever else. But since you are someone who's been interested in fashion for so long and then had this, oh shit, fast fashion (laughs) moment. Like, what do you tell people who are like, oh my gosh, I just learned about the fashion industry. I had no idea. What do I do now? What is your kind of like for those people who are like, okay, for some reason, this is the first episode of Consciously Clueless I found. Mm -hmm. Didn't realize I needed to worry about fashion. Now (laughs) what do I do? My first thing that I always say is don't get rid of any fast fashion in your closet because yeah I made some mistakes I made some mistakes. me too I was like I care about sustainable fashion now and if somebody asked me where my outfit is from I don't want to say like Forever 21 or Zara or Shein back in the day oh I my shirt's from Shein. H&M yeah like I I don't want people yes. to know girl and yes. but just add on a sentence. Oh, it's from H&M, but I've had it for five years or, oh, but the next time I like am needing something that looks like this, I'm going to get it from this cool, sustainable brand. Just add on to the conversation. So yeah, don't get rid of the fast fashion items that you have. And I think I've become very aware of the amount or the frequency with which people are referred to as consumers. We are constantly talking about consumers. As if that's all we do, because that's all capitalism wants us to do. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's important for us to, especially with fashion and thinking about conscious consumerism, is don't think about shopping first. Mm. If you're at the beginning of your journey, like shop your closet, look at what's in there, look at what's already like way back in the bottom of your closet that you completely (laughs) forgot about. Look at what you have and take stock and figure out what you wear a lot and maybe things that you don't wear a lot. Yes, I saw your post about your daily work outfits. Yes. Like, really look at what you have before you even think about buying something new. And then when you get there, think more consciously about it. Can you buy something more sustainably from a sustainable brand? Or can you buy something that you can wear for a lot of different occasions or something you know you're going to wear as a staple in your closet for years and years? Just there are more sustainable ways of thinking. And part of that starts with not shopping and just being aware of what you already have. That's such a good tip. One of the things I shared this on a post a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to keep sharing it because someone was 
flabbergasted at this idea. And I'm like, this is just something I've done for years. Like when I'm feeling uninspired or I'm like, oh, there's nothing in my closet. I need something new or whatever. I use Pinterest. I am Mm -hmm. like, okay, olive green jogger pants outfit because I have two pairs of those and I wear them all the time, but I'm feeling uninspired. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, that's cute. And then I feel like I have a new outfit and I didn't have to figure it out because that's maybe not my strength in life. But I do have, like, you do want to be like, okay, I need to, like, and that's okay. That's okay to feel like I need to shake it up. I'm, like, a little bored because it's how we express ourselves. But Mm -hmm. I am telling you, Pinterest, man, Pinterest will make your closet have so many outfits. Yeah. And my favorite thing to do with Pinterest is just save outfits that I think are cute, even if I don't have any of the items. And then look back and, okay, but how can I recreate this with what I do have. Is she wearing a maxi skirt? Oh, I have a midi dress. I can put a t-shirt over it. Like, how can I recreate this, but with the things that I own and in a way that feels really authentic to me and my style? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Pinterest. Spend a lot of time, free time, fun time on Pinterest. And also just like put them on some music or a TV show and having a little dress up party, like just putting outfits together. And if you want to taking a picture of them and saving them to a folder on your phone, don't know what to wear and you have nothing to wear. I just spent an hour watching like a new show or listening to my favorite podcast and look at all these outfits I came up with. Yeah. Yeah. We need to be coming up with new outfits for the things that are in our closet and it can be fun. It doesn't have to be a stressful experience. I had dreams my whole life that someday I would have a system like Cher from Clueless where she could just, I could just be like, let me like put this together. They have apps like that now. I've seen them. pictures of like your individual items and they'll just create an outfit for you, which is incredible. It's truly incredible. Like the, I've looked at them so many times and the part that always gets me is, oh yeah, I'd have to take pictures of my clothes. Mm -hmm. So I think I'll stick to Pinterest. Yeah. But I think it's an amazing idea just to help people be more creative. And on that note, I'm sure you'll agree. Like we need less of the like sheen hauls and H&M hauls. Show me the same outfit that's your favorite that you wear probably once a week. Or Mm -hmm. so I'm starting to try and do that more. Like just like, my sustainable outfit for running errands, like sustainable-ish outfit. And I'm yeah. like, okay, this is a thrifted shirt. This I bought from here. And these are my favorite. But it's like, I want to see more of just people being like, these are my favorite pants. And I've had them for 10 years. Watch all yeah. the different ways I style them. Yeah. It's so fun. And even then, like, I, I understand the appeal of Halls. I've gone through the whole like thrift haul, rabbit hole, yep, yep, black hole on YouTube. But there was one girl, and I don't remember her username, but there's a girl on TikTok who styles something that she thrifts the amount of times as like the dollar value. Like she thrifts something for $7. Here's how cute it is. Here's seven different ways that I would wear it. And that's such a cool. I love that way of doing that because you're still showing something in that kind of fascinating haul style but it's also not from being like you should go buy this because it's only seven dollars look seven dollars but I can wear it seven ways and probably so many more it's just a more like inspiring way of sharing things and I also love it from a creative 
standpoint, it's so much more creative. And yeah, I was like, from a yeah. creator standpoint too, it's also like, my thought is always, I sometimes share too much content and not in the sense, not in the sense of like too much, like overshare or whatever. How do I, I need to say this better? I like share too much content at once where I'm like, oh, I could pick this apart. This could be seven different reels. So it's if you, if I went to the thrift store and got five things instead of a one haul, I could five different reels on how to st- like style them all different ways is also just so much more approachable. Yes. I cut you off. Sorry. No, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's more approachable a as a creator, but also on the other end, we, I think have gotten a little bit desensitized to the amount of media that we are consuming, especially with COVID, like, especially with TikTok, we're seeing 60 second videos where people have like hundreds of dollars worth of clothes that they've gotten from XYZ fashion brand. Or, so is TikTok like, it's, more, there are there, like, I'm not on TikTok. It's one I've avoided for a while because I already have enough of a time suck. It's probably yeah. something I should do for my business, but it's on the list. But are there more fashion hauls and that kind of thing on TikTok? Yeah. Okay. I think it's something like a billion, over a billion views on just the hashtag Shein haul. No. Which like kills me. Yeah. It's a big trend on talk to show clothes that people get. And even I've started seeing videos with Zara, especially where people will show their big package, try everything on and have the like product code, like the numbers and the letters so that people can just type it in no. and find it. I yeah. So this. it's, it's a big, like, let's consume, look at this haul. It's a huge culture on TikTok. And it's popular, which I think part of the issue with TikTok is the things that do well and that get a lot of views. People are incentivized to make more of those types of posts. And it ends up just being a lot of hauls. And let's unbox this purchase that I made. Oh, shit. I'm stuck on the number of like a billion, over a billion views on the hashtag Sheen Hall. That made me so bummed out. Yeah. I try to make myself feel better because I make videos with the hashtag Sheen Hall, like talking about how bad it is. So I'm like, maybe some of those views are people like me. Um, That's true. I've used some hashtags in that way to call out bullshit. Yeah, but it's It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. How I see this sign behind you that says, don't trip over what's behind you. (laughs) And I saw it when we first logged on and I am so curious. It fits with this question too, because it, and it feels like a little bit of a philosophical question Mm -hmm. that I'm also wondering how you take care of yourself and your own mindset doing this work because climate anxiety is real. The sorrow and grief that comes from really diving into these topics is super real. What do you do to take care of yourself in that way? I think that's, it's something I've been working on a lot lately, especially with everything going on in the US. It just feels like what is even the point if <laughs> like nothing is really changing. And I think this something that my co-founder of In The Loop, Zara, has really inspired me with. She, every Friday, talks about weekly yes. earth winds. Like, the positive things that are happening, no matter how small they are or where in the world they're happening, like just remembering that there's some good things happening out there is really important. And to have that in like a weekly format, there are a ton of people that do things like that. So surround yourself with that kind of good climate news and just good 
world news, but also disconnecting, getting Mm. off social media, going on a walk. And my favorite thing lately has been like a little treat. Like just give yourself a little treat every day. And for me, it's like often going to a coffee shop and getting like Mm. my favorite iced tea and my little reusable cup. And even if it's not in my reusable cup and I'm like, oh, I'm out. I don't have my reusables. I'm just going to get a little treat. Like we need to sustain ourselves as activists, as environmentalists, as people that care about these like really heavy issues. And if the way that you bring joy to your day and to your routine includes a little single use plastic every once in a while, so be it. If it includes a little drive in your car, do it because we need people doing the work that we do. And I always think about the fact that if I have a little treat and I've been outside and I'm like feeling good, I can have so much more of a positive impact than if I just wake up and I'm like miserable and freaking out about the state of the world. Rest is rest and joy are such important parts of this process and joy yeah yeah those two like those words like they're they so sound so simple right yeah yeah but they're complex and I like at least I need to literally work them into my daily routine (laughs) I have them on my to-do list answer this email get a little treat go outside like I I write it down for myself because it's that important yeah I love that I think that There's also something about seeing it and you're like, oh, yeah, I scheduled time for myself or Mm -hmm. I put on my to-do list something for me today. That was nice of me. Yes. Yeah. And it's once you forget like a day or two, you can really work and focus on what you're trying to do activism wise or education wise. But the more that you forget or forgo those little things, it adds up quickly and you can just be like very fast on a downward spiral. And if you have to build it into your everyday and put it on your calendar, like 20 minutes to go outside or just building it into your to-do list, do it. It's worth it. It's important. Yes, absolutely. That is, I think, something that I also appreciate from very specific environmental environmentalist creators that I follow you included that talk about that balance and talk about like the small ways of taking care of yourself Mm -hmm. and why that's important and it's undervalued I think yeah and I think it fits in with a lot of what I talk about with my imperfect environmentalism like we just have to talk about what what's really happening and what we're really doing. And if I'm having a horrible anxiety day and just like doom and gloom and can't get off the couch, I want to post a little selfie on my Instagram story being like, Hey, shout out to everyone else who's feeling anxious today. I'm watching a show or I'll be on the couch the whole rest of the day. And normalizing that not only just in the like mental health type of conversations that we need to be having more, but just showing that this is a part of what I do. I need to build in these kind of days or have grace with myself when I can't get off the couch because I need that to sustain the work that I do that people appreciate. So reminding them that they as individuals, like you had a hard day at work, order in takeout or do something that sustains you because we need people to have that 
energy to do it. Yes, I love all of that. Like <laughs> highlight, underline, bold. I yeah, appreciate all of that. the above. <laughs> all of the above. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about or share on the podcast that I haven't given you space to do? I don't think so. And I always like to throw in a little like tidbit about privilege and just the different ways that can manifest. That has been a huge part of my imperfect environmentalist journey. Something that Mm. really got angry was I have a number of chronic illnesses and Mm -hmm. they all hit at once or I was like feeling fine and all the symptoms came on at the same time. When I was living my most sustainable life and all of a sudden I couldn't walk to the grocery store half a mile away anymore. Like I I was driving short distances and couldn't carry things and was having things delivered. And I felt such guilt. Yeah. And like that built with the comments from people online, like it just was too much. And it was such a good reminder to me that privilege and struggles, the opposite of privilege are invisible. A lot of the times looking Mm. at me, I look totally fine totally normal. Like you see where I live. I live down the street from like a Metro stop. So there are a lot of ways that I experience privilege, but also have a lot of problems living the way that I want to and more sustainably that you just can't see. You can't tell somebody's disabilities or financial status or like access to different things, or even just the ability to do things and think about other things other than providing for yourself or your family or going to school. You can't tell any of those things by looking at somebody. And I just think we could go a lot farther in this movement. If we had a little less judgment, just assumed a little bit less about and approached things just with that understanding. I'm not going to judge you if this is what you do. Or I'm not going to say, oh my gosh, how dare you do this when you have X, Y, Z. Just understanding that people have their own things going on and everybody can participate in a different way. And we need everybody to participate in a different way. We need to have people with disabilities as part of this conversation because we can't get rid of plastic straws if disabled people need them. And we left them out of that conversation for a really long time. Yep. And we also can find much better solutions if we're talking with everybody. Privilege is discussed a lot nowadays, thank goodness, with sustainability and everything. But I like to bring that reminder that there's a lot of invisible things going on and that judgment just never really helps. I really appreciate that note because it's so important and also to, to add on to that, I think something for me that's so frustrating is when you see those people who are like trying to point out those flaws or those things are just other people with privilege that don't want to examine their own thing. Yes. And so yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's a great point, but don't use that as a distraction. Like that, that very like idea, all of the pollution is being dumped here. It's actually this other country or whatever else. So it's yeah. like you get to push off that responsibility and so it, it's so important to have those nuances in mind for other people and not use it as an excuse if you are someone who doesn't have those and deals with other things. Yes. Yeah. Um, but not relying it, on that. Exactly. Yeah. It fits into my whole imperfect environmentalist thing. Understand 
what privileges you have, whether it be financial or access or location, or just the freedom of time to be devoted to something, but also recognize where you struggle. And I think spending a lot of time reflecting on your own situation and your own experience makes for a much better community experience or creates it's much better for the movement as a whole when we can spend that time reflecting internally before we judge out externally because you're not going to judge the same or at the very least you're going to judge a little less harshly when you can reflect on on yourself yes absolutely it's so important to have that self-reflection in any type of activism like ongoing self-reflection in any type of movement constant like sometimes you're just like okay I get it but you have to keep doing that work it's so important and it's not talked about enough or it's oh check the box I thought about my privilege no you gotta really dig deep every so often yes absolutely so where can people get a hold of you follow you I know they're going to be inspired to want to look at rent in the loop what are your handles what should we look at Yes. So I personally am on TikTok and Instagram at activism, like activist, but with a t-shirt in there. And then in the loop is at rent in the loop on TikTok and on Instagram and rent in the loop.com is our website. I will put all of that in the show notes and direct people to check it out. I'm really excited. Thank you so much for joining me. I really, really thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you. I hope we get to do it again. Yes. No, I absolutely loved this. Awesome. All I need from you is a bio of sorts and a headshot. This will be out in the next, it'll be a few weeks. But if you want to send those things over right away, just because then it's off both of our Perfect. brains. And I think there's a follow-up email that automatically goes out from Calendly that'll remind you to. But yeah, that's all I need. And I would love to chat again too in a few months to see. Let's check in on Rent the rent in the Loop and that's have an up. I would love to have an update <laughs> and that kind of thing. Or maybe if you and the co-founder, like if you and Zara wanted to come on together, that yeah. would be really fun. So I think I would love to stay connected is the yes. idea because I really appreciate what you're doing and feel a kindred spirit with you. Yes, no, I do too. And I love the approach that you're taking with these kind of conversations on your podcast. I think we need more of this. There's a lot of here are the problems and here are the solutions or here's the science. But I think we need to have more of these conversations that are a little light and airy and not so doom and gloom. Thank you. I appreciate that because that's what got me. Like that's like those, these conversations in some ways when I got a hold of them, I was like, okay, maybe I can do this. And I'm like, we got to do more of this. Yeah. Because we need more people having that little, oh yeah, I could do this moment. Exactly. Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe, share with your friends, put it on social media. Don't forget to tag me. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods, leave a review. Reviews and shares help more people to see the podcast and join in on the fun. If you want to make sure to stay up to date on future episodes, follow me at Consciously Carly on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or Pinterest, and head to consciouslycarly.com to sign up for the newsletter. Ready for more Conscious Living content? Check out patreon.com slash consciouslycarly and join the exclusive community over there. And finally, if you're ready to take better care of yourself and the world, let's work together. Click the link in the show notes to head to the website, find out more, and schedule a free discovery call with me. Chat soon. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? 
By now, you all know that therapy is an important part of my own self-care. It has truly been a game-changer in every aspect of my life, including achieving goals. BetterHelp is the largest online therapy platform worldwide. They are changing the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, and affordable access to a licensed therapist. BetterHelp makes professional therapy available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. You can start communicating within 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. And I have a special offer for Consciously Clueless listeners. Visit BetterHelp.com Carly and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. By using this code, you get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash C-A-R-L-Y. Take care of yourself today. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Mm-hmm. 